0: CHAPTER Twenty-One OF THE RAID OF DOVER A ROMANCE OF THE REIGN OF WOMAN A.D. 1940 BY DOUGLAS Morey FORD THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN THE WRAITH OF SAUL THE EARTHQUAKE, IN A TWINKLING OF AN EYE, HAD CHANGED THE FACE OF ALL NATURE AROUND THEM, AND WHILE IT DID SO IT ANNIHILATED STEREOTYPE MANNERS AND CONVENTIONAL RESTRAINTS to zenobia it did not seem strange that linton's arm should be folded protectingly about her or that she should cling to him face to face and heart to heart the moment of the earth's convulsion had bridged a gulf and wrought a revelation they knew themselves beyond all doubt for what they were lovers and twin souls pledged to each other by unspoken vows the dreadful shock had come and gone but the external changes and terrors which the catastrophe had brought about could not be immediately realized presently they discovered that the ground had moved with them and that they had been swept to a considerable distance from the plateau on which they had been standing a great gap yawned where the sundial had stood peter had disappeared they themselves had been saved from falling by the trunk of a giant tree One of the few which had not been uprooted, while below them, on the slope of the hill, new spaces were revealed where other trees had crashed down to the ground. The air was full of a strange echoing din, caused by the collapse of buildings outside the limits of the park and in the town below. In the midst of these reverberating sounds, and in strange contrast, was heard the prolonged wail of terrified women and the shrill cry of a frightened child gasping and looking up the hill they could see rising from lansdowne dense volumes of sulphurous smoke through which shot vivid gleams of forking flame elsewhere a grayish veil began to spread across the land a steaming suffocating atmosphere choked their lungs there may be another shock we must escape for our very lives linton whispered hoarsely zenobia white to the lips made a faint gesture of assent hold my hand we must find a way across the river he said quickly again she made an obedient sign and linton guiding her they moved cautiously forward in the strange gray twilight which began to enfold them awe-inspiring sounds had been succeeded by a silence which was scarcely less terrible a sense of horror half paralyzed their faculties as they cautiously moved forward down the slope almost at their feet had opened a chasm which revealed many solid blocks of masonry, such as had been used of old in the construction of the Roman baths. The rending of the earth had exposed to view a section of what looked like the foundations of an ancient and imposing temple. Between the massive walls, at the bottom of some steps, they observed a narrow cell or chamber, and as they stepped past the shadowy opening— zenobia's foot came into contact with an ancient roman lamp of these things neither of them was fully conscious at the moment they were mental photographs vivid experiences unconsciously stored in memory and fraught with a strange confirmatory significance not yet to be appreciated hand in hand picking their steps apprehensively they made their way between the fallen trees down the broad avenue leading to the lower gate of the park here at the gate for the first time they encountered evidence of death and disaster in the town itself houses had collapsed on every side distracting moans and piteous cries from unseen sufferers assailed their ears for a moment they paused before a monumental heap of stone and timber impelled to render help in answer to these vague but terrible appeals we can do nothing groaned linton in answer to zenobia's questioning pause come and he led her quickly round the wreckage of the houses stumbling half running they made their way by a devious route down towards the heart of the town in queen square there was a frightened crowd women and children weeping and sobbing were kneeling on the roadway with hands upraised in prayer men came running towards them shouting unintelligible warnings questions terrified faces appeared at many upper windows they saw a frenzied girl leap from the parapet of a tottering house and disappear behind a heap of ruins in the lower streets the destruction wrought was less noticeable but a new terror was revealed the sound of rushing waters reached their ears AND EVERY MOMENT WHITE-FACED MEN AND WOMEN TORE PAST THEM, CRYING IN SHRILL TONES, THE SPRING, THE SPRING. THEN THEY SAW eddying STREAMS OF STEAMING, ORANGE-TINTED WATER CREEP ROUND STREET CORNERS, OVERFLOW THE GUTTERS, AND SPREAD INTO THE ROAD. THE WATER ROSE SO RAPIDLY THAT THEY HAD TO TURN ASIDE, AND ONCE MORE TAKE TO HIGHER GROUND. THEY FOUND THEMSELVES CROSSING MILSOM STREET, and as they did so a loud explosion sounded at the upper end, accompanied with an overpowering smell of gas. Screams rent the air, and another crowd of men and women, some of them carrying children in their arms, came rushing helter skelter down the street. None of the houses at the lower end had fallen, but several were bulging forward and appeared to be deserted. And here already the predatory instinct was at work linton caught the arm of a filthy-looking tramp just as he raised an iron bar to smash the plate-glass window of a jeweler's shop he hurled the thief aside then grasping zenobia's hand again he dragged her forward making for the nearest bridge but once again their way was barred from a great crack in the roadway a fountain a geyser of yellow streaming water suddenly leaped into the air to avoid it they were compelled to make another circuit they hurried down some narrow streets and reached the open space in front of the theatre fighting their way through excited and gesticulating groups of people they passed the hospital and turning to the right reached the front of the grand pump room hotel limping and enfeebled invalids who could scarcely move unaided were streaming from the building appealing eagerly for guidance to a way of escape from the perils that surrounded them. Tremulous but unheeded questions were heard on every side, as Linton and Zenobia crossed the road and reached the colonnade. To their right, from the doorways of the grand pump-room itself, another flood of tinted, steaming water was pouring rapidly over the broad pavement and stealing into the abbey church. By keeping close to the opposite wall they escaped the stream, and leaving the great church, which seemed so far intact. Upon their right they soon reached the space in front of the guild hall. Only a little distance and they would gain the bridge. This way, cried Zenopia, as Linton, who knew nothing of the town, stopped in hesitation. But as she spoke, the pavement, barely ten yards away, bulged suddenly, then split apart, with a violent rush another geyser burst into the street. They drew back just in time, and hurried breathlessly toward the station road. On their left rose the tall building of the Empire Hotel. Behind them was the Abbey. A sudden shout impelled them to look back. A third geyser had opened in the middle of the roadway, and in an instant columns of steaming water were spouting high into the air. "'Quick, quick!' urged Linton. His voice was scarcely audible for as they approached the river a mighty roar was coming from the weir dominating the multitudinous sound of terror which filled the air on every side in this appalling crisis earth and air and water seemed united as in a ruthless conspiracy for the destruction of humanity in the presence of these vast mysterious and irresistible forces man the boasted master lord of creation was subdued and helpless. The effect produced on the inhabitants of the city was that with which the struggling atoms of the race, accustomed only to a calm and ordered system, ever encounter nature in her moods of unfamiliar violence. The tempests of the deep in the awful hurricane, when winds and seas mix and contend in a titanic conflict, nature ignores the puppets tossing on the helpless ship, or half drowned on the surging raft what is man in presence of the waterspout that towers from the ocean to the clouds how shall he face the unfathomable whirlpool that yawns for the frail boat in which he is compelled to trust whither shall we fly when as now the earth vomits forth from unimaginable caverns the scalding water-floods that she has stored within her depths throughout uncounted centuries no one can stand unmoved when the hills smoke and the earth trembles when darkness a darkness that may be felt spreads in a sinister and all-pervading veil over a world that seems abandoned to the powers of evil powdery ashes were falling everywhere upon the doomed city from lansdowne a vast vaporous column a dreadful blend of water bitumen and sulphur rose high into the clouds AS THE GREAT COLUMN BRANCHED AND SPREAD, ASSUMING THE FORM OF AN ENORMOUS PINE-TREE, THE DARKNESS DEEPENED, SAVE WHERE, ABOVE THE HILL ITSELF, RED-COLORED FLAMES SLASHED HITHER AND THITHER THROUGH THE CLOUD AT FREQUENT INTERVALS. TERRIFIC EXPLOSIONS ACCOMPANIED THESE MANIFESTATIONS, AND LINTON, AS HE HALF CARRIED ZENOBIA TOWARDS THE RIVER, was possessed with the fear that the hill might be completely riven and pour forth streams of boiling water or of lava that would not only submerge the town itself but destroy all life within a radius of many miles conceivably indeed it might be the beginning of the end the end at least of england for what were the british isles but the summit of some vast mountain whose foundations were buried deep in the unfathomed sea it had been forgotten that great britain with ireland and its giant's causeway afforded incontrovertible evidence of volcanic origin these islands with the hebrides the Faroe islets and finally iceland in fact constituted a vast volcanic chain with mount hecla as its seismic terminus a focus more active than vesuvius itself and here at the other end of the chain was bath where for thousands of years the waters of sol had maintained a disregarded warning of that inevitable convulsion which at last and in the fullness of time had come to pass in the midst of these flashing thoughts and fears that darted through his brain linton was possessed with the conviction that their only possible hope of safety lay in crossing the river the surging roar of which each moment became more audible and threatening Others in great numbers were animated with the same belief. Linton and Zenobia, indeed, found themselves involved in a madly rushing crowd of panic stricken men and women. Swept this way and that, they were in danger of being hurled to the ground and trodden underfoot by thousands of hurrying fellow creatures, bent on self preservation and on nothing else. Still supporting Zenobia with one arm and fighting his way forward step by step, linden presently managed to turn the angle of the tall hotel on their right the river swollen enormously by the inrush from the hidden springs had almost reached the level of the parapet boiling floods had poured and still poured into the avon blending with the normal stream and the sole subduing terror of the scene was augmented by the great clouds of stream that rose from the surface of the hurtling river with desperate exertions still supporting his half-fainting companion linton reached the turning towards the bridge the narrow entrance was choked with a dense and struggling crowd through which half a dozen men lashing frantically at rearing horses strove recklessly to force a passage screams and oaths blended with the angry roaring of the weir the struggling people swayed hither and thither in dense compact masses while a body of firemen from the station close at hand seized the heads of several horses and forced them back to give the foot-passengers some slight chance of escape individual efforts were futile in the midst of this confused and fighting crowd by the impetus and weight of numbers however linton and zenobia holding closely to each other were swept as in a human eddy onto the bridge itself the same contributory force of numbers close packed between the windows of the shops carried them rapidly towards the other side again and again there was a crash of glass as the terrific pressure forced in one or other of the windows but far more ominous was the angry roaring voice of the invisible river beneath them rising higher and yet higher every moment it buffeted the bridge with unceasing and increasing violence the torrent whirling round the piers and buttresses Fiercely impatient for greater destruction, as it tore upon its way towards the thundering weir. It was a question of time, and the time must needs be brief. The bridge must go. Halfway across, beneath the feet of the scrambling, sobbing crowd, the roadway split and cracked. There was a sudden lurch that sent Linton and Zenobia, with a dozen others, into the open doorway of a right-hand shop like all the rest of the bridge buildings it was but one story high and at the end of the short passage a narrow stairway gave access through a trap-door to the leads linton breathing heavily from his exertions gasping a few words of encouragement to zenobia pondered in a flash the possibilities of the position those who had been swept into the deserted shop with them were making frantic and futile efforts to force their way back into the endless crowd that still streamed across the bridge in such maddened haste but a place once lost in that dense multitude never could be recovered in truth there was no choice and in a moment his resolve was taken the roof he whispered half to himself the roof mounting the steps he swept back the trap-door and reaching down his hand drew Zenobia after him. They emerged on the flat roof of the shop. Only a dwarf party wall divided it from the rest. Below, on their left, the rushing and tumbling tide of humanity pressed forward to the Bathwick side. Below, on their right, they beheld the terrifying river, curdled in foam and throwing off increasing clouds of heavy steam. They scrambled forward quickly, passing on from roof to roof behind them came the sudden sound of rending masonry a dreadful scream a wild cry of despair from the multitude pierced the powdery air the bridge was slowly yielding to the enormous pressure of the swollen river but linton and zenobia had safely reached the other side raising the trap-door of the last shop in the row they descended rapidly and gained the road here the congested throng spread out across the wider space and hurried onward to the great pulteney street as they paused there came a sound terrible arresting never to be forgotten the united wail of despairing voices rising above the crash of the collapsing bridge as it carried with it down into the boiling flood hundreds of helpless and entangled fugitives zenobia clinging convulsively to her protector drew sobbing breaths at those appalling sounds but for his supporting arm she would have sunk fainting to the ground courage he whispered courage still for the moment he himself believed that on this side of the river they were safe but at that instant they felt again beneath their feet the quaking of the ground a long and undulating throb they reeled against a wall and stood there panting until a quickened sense of peril impelled them once again to hasten forward turning up edward street and leaving the church upon their left they climbed the hill until exhaustion compelled them to sink down upon the roadside bench and ease their laboring lungs thick gray smoke heavy with choking particles and powdery ashes was spreading everywhere and from this higher ground looking back towards the fiery summit of the volcanic hill they could see cloud after cloud of fire-torn vapour mounting in spiral motion towards the darkened heavens wearied though they were they struggled to their feet and once more set their faces towards the hill linton fully realised that the area of disturbance was far wider than he had at first supposed Safety, if attainable at all, could only be secured by placing many miles between themselves and the volcanic district. It was no time for Wayne's small considerations. Silently he decided what to do. They reached the house in which the President had spent and ended the last days of his life. The hall door was wide open. Darkness and silence reigned in the interior. The servants obviously had fled. Linden shouted but no answer came it was clear to him that the engineer of the albatross was in full flight with the rest bidding zenobia rest a minute in the hall he opened the glass doors on the inner side and ran down the steps into the garden here lay the albatross already as he knew for an immediate aerial journey his own knowledge of the mechanism of an airship though not complete was now sufficient or at any rate it must be trusted THE BOAT WAS RATHER SMALLER THAN THE Bladud, AND IN SOME RESPECTS CONTAINED IMPROVEMENTS. A SWIFT EXAMINATION OF THE MACHINERY SATISFIED HIM THAT THE ALBATROSS WAS FIT FOR FLIGHT. HURRYING UP THE STEPS HE CALLED ZENOBIA. SHE CAME TO HIM OBEDIENTLY AND INSTANTLY, CALMNESS RESTORED TO HER, AND IN HER LOOK A READY SUBMISSION TO ALL THAT HE THOUGHT BEST. WILL YOU TRUST YOURSELF TO ME? HE ASKED VERY TENDERLY, TAKING HER HAND. THE BOAT IS READY. I THINK YOU WILL BE SAFE. I TRUST YOU IN ALL THINGS, SHE ANSWERED. I AM READY. HE LED HER DOWN THE STEPS INTO THE GARDEN AND HELPED HER TO HER SEAT ON THE STERN BENCH OF THE ALBATROSS. CAN YOU STEER, HE ASKED. YES, IF YOU DIRECT ME. ALL'S READY, THEN. KEEP HER BEFORE THE WIND. NOW UP AND AWAY. HE HIMSELF STEPPED INTO THE BOAT AND IMMEDIATELY SWITCHED ON THE MOTIVE POWER adjusting the gear to suit the plans he had already formed. The albatross rose steadily into the air, then, gathering speed in a few rapid circles, began like some huge bird to wing her flight from the dread scene of the catastrophe. Behind them, as they sped upon their way, arose another violent detonation. Suddenly the clouded air was rent with vivid lightning, and this revealed the falling pinnacles of the abbey church. Then, as the thunder crashed above their heads, Lyndon beheld a vast and fiery chasm open in the laboring hill. Out of its lurid depths the waters of Saul leaped upwards in a mighty column, a fountain, as it were, of liquid fire. Then darkness settled on the scene, and all was still. End of Chapter 21 End of The Raid of Dover A Romance of the Reign of Woman A.D. 1940 by Douglas Morey Ford